You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ family of churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kenny Izuchuku, and I'm one of the ministers here on the West Side, and I'm really grateful that I get a chance to speak with you. Um, it's great to be in person. I know some of you guys are probably here for the first time. You guys can hear me, right? I decided I wanted to step a little. Let me try something new today. So it's great to be here. Uh, again, my name's Kenny, and I'm excited that I could come before you all. I'm honored. And I think it's so awesome that we can sing music together live, right? Even though I can't, can't see any of your mouths, I trust that you're singing. And it's so cool that we can do that and worship a community because a lot of what church and God is about is community. And when we had this pandemic, I think we kind of lost some of that, right? But now we get to start getting back into it. And it's really encouraging because we've been doing a series called Insight. And in the last few weeks, we've had uh, Steve and Justin speak on this idea of what can we see? What are we looking forward to? And how do we see things? And today, the title of my lesson is going to be Focus. And I have my clicker, so I can't see the monitor. The Vance is going to help me out. I think it's up there. And um, and I think for me, growing up, focus was always really difficult. It was really hard. I remember going to church services and sitting in service just like you guys are right now. And I would literally would tune out anything the ministry would say. It's almost like in my mind, I wanted to see how, how much I can get away with. And then I would do that in school, and I'm like, I'll just figure it out later. I just did my work on, on my own time. I read my own time. But when it came to focusing at large events, I was just aloof. I was, I was not mindful. And it's crazy how much have changed over the years. And, and, and I think a part of the difficulty with focus is we need to see, see something as meaningful and valuable before we tend to focus on it, right? If you know something's meaningful, you focus. If you think something will help you, you focus. And today we're going to be able to look into a story about this man, this man who defied a lot of obstacles and chose to focus on something that changed his life. And I'm hoping that with the next 30 minutes or so, you can focus on this story and take something out of it into your life. And just maybe, just maybe it might help change your life too. And for those of you online, thank you for joining us. I'm going to do my best to be engaged with you as much as possible. Obviously, we'd like for you to be here, but I know some of you have uh, conditions and you can't come. But we want you to know that we see you, we understand you, we know that you're here. So we're going to start off with doing something that I've never done before. So Steve Lounsbury, he's our lead evangelist. He's not here, so I figured, you know what? If there's a chance to try something new, it would be today. And he's watching, but I can't hear him say anything right now. So I'm going to try to do this demo here, and I want to see how this goes, all right? But it's going to require us to focus. And I'm, as a part, as a minister, my job is to help you guys focus on the message, right? So I got to find new ways to spice things up, and I'm hoping this works. God, please forgive me if it doesn't. So I need a few volunteers. Now, now we need someone who's a little bit loud, a little bit rambunctious. 
someone who likes to, you know, maybe project. I need one volunteer for that. I need another volunteer who might be a little bit more mild-mannered, way more, way more placid, you know, in their, in their tone. And I need another volunteer who's, who's just very outgoing and expressive. So any, just raise your hand. I will pick randomly and selectively. Um, okay, we'll get Timmy up here. He'll be one. All right. Uh, we'll get we'll get Oscar up here. That'll be another one. And we need we need one more we need one more volunteer. You don't even know what you're signing up for, but you'll see. Yeah, Meg. Okay, let's go, Megan. You come up. All right. So make sure you keep your mask on. Let's make sure we're distant. I don't want to get in trouble here. So I want you to grab this mic over there. Um, I want you to grab this mic over here. And I want you to stand right here. Make sure the camera can get you. So just move up. You see right there. All right. So we good with the camera. Can the online people see this? Okay. Cool. So what we're gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna read I'm gonna narrate a scripture. So the point of scripture is not just to read it passively. I know when I read, sometimes I could just read over things, but it's really to bring the scripture to life, right? So that we can be there as much as possible, even though we're not there. So we're gonna try that. With this story, it's short, so it's not that long. But I'm gonna need help with these guys. So, 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 Timmy, you're gonna play the blind man, okay? So he's gonna play a blind man. Um, Megan, you, you're gonna play Jesus. No pressure. No pressure. There's a little bit of pressure, but we'll see how you do. And Oscar, you're gonna be the crowd. So you're gonna come. You're gonna come here and grab my mic in a sec. But so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna narrate the scripture, and then there are gonna be certain parts of the scripture in which these guys will need to play their part. So so let's turn our Bibles over to Luke. Uh, Devance, have you got the? Okay. So I think the scripture is on the screen, and so so. But it's funny here because you guys are looking. You're like, I'm glad I didn't volunteer. I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> but there. There's actually another volunteer, and that's you guys. You guys are the, 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 the next volunteer, the crowd. Okay, so we're going to have to practice a little bit because I, don't, I want this to work out well so Steve doesn't get mad at me. So what we're going to do is I'm going to read this whole passage. We're going to narrate, and these guys are going to play their parts, right? So Jesus, you'll read the, the red letters, and you'll just read that when you get to that part. So you need a, you need a Bible. The crowd, Oscar. When it says the crowd or they, the crowd said, you're going to read that and we'll get to that. And then obviously the blind man is going to be the blind man. So, but the crowd, you guys, you guys are going to have to get engaged here because this passage talks about the crowd. So if you're online, I want you to be able to do this as well. So just don't, don't think that you're excused because you're sitting on your couch or doing whatever. I want you to participate as well. So there's a slide here, the next slide, Luke 18, verse 39. It reads, those who led the way rebuked him. So I, when I read this, as I narrate the passage, I'm going to say, those who led the way rebuked him and said, and then I'm going to do this with my hands, and I'm going to start a countdown. And you guys are going to boo as loud as possible at this line there. As loud. So we're going to practice that. Ready? It says, those who led the way rebuked him and said... That was pretty good for, like, preschoolers. Let's try that again. 
Those who led the way rebuked him and said, That was better. That was better. I like it. Okay? And then, so this is going to happen as I narrate. So remember that. Don't forget it. We don't want someone off key here. That would be awkward. Next, in Luke 18, verse 43, I'm going to read. This is the very end of the scripture that I read. I'll say, when all the people saw it, they also praised God and said, and then you guys are going to cheer as loud as possible. Okay? That should be easier, I hope. Ready? So let's practice that. When all the people saw it, they also praised God and said, Beautiful. We like cheering more than booing. That's a good thing. That is a good thing. So I was thinking about getting some of the campus guys to heckle the blind men even more, but I don't think that's appropriate for the service. Okay, so are we ready? All right, so you guys have the scripture? All right, so we're going to try this. We're going to see how it goes. Uh, Oscar, do you know your part? Yeah. All right, we're going to read. So you guys ready for this? All right, yeah, don't, we're ready. don't miss it. Don't miss out here. <laughs> Funny. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the road begging. Someone, please help me. Somebody, anybody, please. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked, What's going on? They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, please have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and said, We hate you, blind man. And told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more. Son of David. Please have mercy on me. Wow. That's really good. <laughs> Jesus stopped. And ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near Jesus. He asked him. What do you want me to do for you? Lord. I want to see he replied. Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, his sight, he was received and followed Jesus, praising God. Hallelujah! When all the people saw it, they also praised God. Wow, that went really good. Let's give ourselves a round of applause. Nice. All right, you guys can sit down. You guys can sit down. Amazing. That worked out really, really well. Steve, we can try new things. I just proved it. I just proved it. Oh, man. Amazing. Good job, guys. That was awesome. And we're going to hear from Timmy later. I wanted him to, to embody the blind man because he'll be sharing a little bit about that later. Um, but I think that it's important when we read Scripture, we focus. We do our best to put ourselves in the shoes of the people in the text. Because when we do that, there's some things that we can get out of it that we may have missed. And I know for me, as I was reading this passage, the first verse, if you go to verse 35, Luke 18, verse 35, it says, As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting 
by the roadside begging. And Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, and he had to stop through Jericho first. And I don't know about you, but when I think about Jericho, I think of this story in the Old Testament. Maybe some of you guys are thinking about this story too. So as I'm reading, I'm thinking, this author, Luke, is writing. He, he must have known of this story. And then I'm thinking also, well, the people reading it, they're Jews or Israelites, or they've, they've grown up learning about the Old Testament with the Torah, the Tanakh. They, they probably also know about it. But I'm guessing a lot of Americans probably just don't really realize it. So let's, what's going on in this text? And the road to Jerusalem, the road from Jerusalem to Jer- Jericho was a really dangerous road. It was notoriously unsafe. But I thought back to Joshua 6. And Joshua is a transliteration from Yeshua, which is the same name as Jesus. And Joshua, there's this man who is leading the Israelites. And he also approached Jericho. But there's a river in between. It's called the Jordan River. So it's him and the Israelites on one side, and then this town called Jericho on the other. And I will never forget this interaction that Joshua has with Jesus in Joshua chapter 6, which I think the vans will, will go to that slide. It reads here. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, and this is a, this is a great part here, just listen to this. See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. Dot, dot, dot. What are you talking about? Did we just read the text? No one went out and no one came in. Joshua and the Israelites are thinking, what, how are we going to, there's no way that we can get here. There's no way this is going to happen. I just don't see it. But the Lord says, I do. I see something that you can't see right now. And we start to realize that this idea of trust starts playing a factor. So I think when I was reading this passage, that first sentence, I'm like, whoa. The Lord sees what we cannot see. The Lord sees what we cannot see. And I thought, how ironic. We're about to read about this blind man. And on his way to Jericho, only used six times in the New Testament. I hearken back on these stories, right? We got to read our Bibles, you know? There could be something that the authors are trying to tell us that we might miss. So if the Lord sees what we cannot see, Let's see how this crowd responds to the blind man. Let's keep reading. Luke 18, verse 36. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked, what was happening? They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd rebuked this blind man. You guys rebuked this blind man. But why? 
Why did they do that? They must have known that Jesus healed people. So if anything, they should have been encouraging to go to the blind man, right? But they rebuked him. They told him to stop. They put him down. I think it's because it was wrapped into this mindset of Jesus as his commander-in-chief. You see, the Israelites, when they saw Jesus coming back, they saw him as a commander. They thought he was going to come and overthrow the Roman government and take back the land that was promised to them way back in when they took over Jericho and entered the promised land. So the Israelites were living in this Greco-Roman world, and when they saw Jesus, they chose to see him from a certain angle. Can that relate to our culture right now? Do you see people posting stuff about Jesus from a certain angle? Do you see yourself only viewing Jesus from a certain angle? And I can imagine the crowd saying, ooh, he's gaining followers. Ooh, did you see the way he spoke to those Pharisees? He told them good. Ooh, 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 and get distracted by this amazing man who's doing all these amazing things. And this is social media before social media. You just stare at people and you talk about them. They knew it. The crowd could see Jesus, but unlike the blind man, it appears that they were so distracted by their perception of him that they missed the heart of Jesus. They rebuked the blind man. And I think sometimes we, our sight, distracts us from insight. We can be so captivated by our own experiences external distractions, that it actually pushes us away from the inside of Jesus, from the heart of Jesus. Isn't that crazy? We see so much, and yet we can miss just as much. Here's a cool quote that I read in this book called Soul Feast. It says this. We have become masters in the art of distracting ourselves from life's depth. If we hope to penetrate the riches of our own interiority, we will need a strong intention to resist the clamoring demands of instant communication. We just can't help ourselves now. It's so hard to focus when I can just pull up my phone and I have 35 notifications waiting for me. Not even text messages. But where does this strong intention to resist the clamoring demands of life come from? For the blind man, it came from Jesus. In this moment, at this time, he was laser focused. And he clearly knew something about Jesus, right? He kept saying, son of David, son of David? Who's David? David was this amazing king. And he led the Israelite, Israelite people for for decades, and he was there, and all the Israelites saw of David was good. He wasn't perfect, but he was the best, right? So when they, he attaches David's name to Jesus, he's saying, I respect you. I like you. I understand something about you, and I want you to know about it. And he was probably surprised that he had this incredible opportunity to receive some healing. But remember, the crowd rebuked him. And what typically happens when we have a little opposition in life? I know what happens to me. I either fight or flight, right? 
I'm like, you're rebuking me? Well, I'm going to rebuke you. Who are you to tell me? What? What's your, what's your name? Let me write that down. Customer service. What's your, you know when you ask people? Hey, what's your name? I'm going to talk to your supervisor. Like, I am the supervisor. I'm like, oh. You focus your attention on the perpetrator. You focus your attention on the one who's attacking you, who's hurting you. And all your animosity and anger just built up and you just direct it. And now you have this enemy that you can talk to your friends about. And let's get some echo chambers going. Yeah, they're terrible. I don't even know them, but I know they're bad. Fight. Or flight. You have thoughts that, yeah, maybe they're right. What am I doing that's wrong? What? And you, you tend to turn inward and you can shut down in moments where you store up in your heart it can lead to depression and bitterness some deep insecurity right that's typically what happens but what does this blind man do he hears the crowd but his attention isn't on them and his attention isn't on himself he doesn't shut down his focus is on jesus He knew that he was blind, and he knew that this may be one shot to be healed. And he did not let anything deter him from Jesus. He did not let anyone deter him from Jesus. Often we can be so focused on other people. We can be so focused on other things. And we can be so focused on ourselves that we miss Jesus. No wonder we're so angry as a culture. No wonder we're so depressed as a culture. We're focusing so much on our perception of him, and we're missing his heart. When other people come to church, or when we're out in our jobs, or we're at the mall, at the restaurant, when we talk to people who who look like they have everything together, but inside they're desperately desiring, they're calling out, Son of David, please, come heal me. And we as Christians walk by and rebuke them. We dismiss them. We act like they don't exist. Church, we cannot live that way. People need to see Jesus. So I'm going to have a student who recently changed his life, come up and share what helped him, what helped him push away the distractions and focus on Jesus. So let's give it up for Timothy Jackson. Good morning, guys. Good morning, guys. How are we feeling today? Good morning. Good morning. So, so today, or my name, oh, how rude. I didn't even introduce myself. So my name is Timothy Jackson. I'm a freshman at Pepperdine, and I'm currently studying computer science, so we're going to see how that's going to go, because, man, that major is tough, but we're going to see how it goes. So, um, so not only do I have great acting skills, as you guys saw today, um, <laughs> Um, I'm actually really good at storytelling, so that's why Kenny brought me here today. Um, so, well, if you guys know Kenny, right, he he will hit you up for two reasons, right? 
One is to actually check up on you, right? Because, you know, he actually cares for people, right? He, he actually loves people. And two is ask for a favor. And so, <laughs> so when I tell you I did not expect this text message, and when I saw it, hey, uh, my action was like, oh, what now? You know what I'm saying? So, so today he wanted to talk to me about a time where I was like distracted and I was blind to the fact of something I was doing, and I changed my life for Christ. So honestly, when I first thought about it. There's too many distractions to even think about. It's like, what was one that really I had to get over to change my life for Christ? And that one that was just like thorn to my side was seeking the attention of women. But when I say that, it was not always like that, right? Because it started like sophomore high school. You know, I had got longer hair. You know, I kind of got the glow of that as young people talk. Um, So, you know, I was kind of feeling myself, right? And this is the first time I've ever seen this type of attention, and I didn't really know what to do with this. So I kind of just ran with it, right? Because, you know, just us young people, you know, experimenting things. We haven't seen things before. And I was just I was just running with the wind, to be honest. And um, and it was just this. And I continued this until quarantine, right? Because, you know, seeking attention of women, that essentially leads to sexual immorality, which is also um, – and there was this one Sunday service almost like a year ago, and they was and it was talked about how seeking seeking the attention of women or from the opposite sex really destroys your relationship with God if it's not pursued in a healthy way. And I was just really like convicted of that because I was like, wow, I really didn't leave any room for God, and I really thought seeking attention for women or the opposite sex was really my life's purpose. And I was just, like, really blind to that fact, and I didn't have any room for God to, like, work in my life. And I was just like, wow. So this is, this was, that was, like, the pivotal point where I started my own cry for help, as we saw with the blindness. And so I did, I was reading some scripture and some Bible studies, right, attending more church services. And when I read 2 Corinthians 7, 10 through 11, where it talks about the difference godly sorrow and worldly sorrow about true repentance that really convicted me because when it says that worldly sorrow leads to death while godly sorrow leads to un, um unregret you know like a life's purpose and you have a true purpose after that that was just like wow this is this is like god communicating to me timmy i want to change your life forever so ever since that day i made my crowd larger and larger um to ignore that crowd and pursue God, and I was baptized, and I repented, and made Jesus the Lord of my life on April 3rd, 2021. So, by ignoring the crowd, and focusing on my attention on God, you know, he's blessed me with many things since that day, right? But the ultimate blessing is be able to see the sight that I don't need to live for women's attention, because following God gives me purpose in life. So thank you guys. Thank you guys for listening to my story. So, yeah. Isn't he awesome? Good job, man. Really grateful for him sharing. Um, but I think we need to hear stories like that more often, right? Stories of people that push away the distractions and focus on Jesus.
I think the blind man wanted to see Jesus, right? We know that. He wanted to see Jesus. When you're blind, you're like, I want to see. When you're hurting, you're like, I want to heal. But he recognized that he was blind. He knew that he needed hope to do that. And I think many of us here online, we're not physically blind, right? Many of us have been gifted the opportunity to have sight, even 20-20 vision. But, but we have blind spots in our character, in our life, all around us. And what I learned from this blind man, what I take away from, from this story is that, is that if I truly believe that there's someone or something in my life that is deficient, unhealthy, or ungodly, I need to ask the Lord, help me see. Get on my knees. And that's what I, every morning I go on prayer walk and I say the same thing, God, there's something I know I don't see right now. Help me see it. There's, there's a way I'm treating someone right now that's not good. Help me feel it. There's a way I'm not communicating to help the people I lead. Help me understand it. Because I know that even in my best days, I'm going to miss it, and I need help. Do you believe that you have blind spots in your life? Have you asked the Lord to help you see them? When was the last time you asked him, just help me see what I can't see? And how often do you ask those who follow the Lord to reveal your blind spots to you? Ooh, that's a little bit harder, right? I'll I'll talk to God all day about it. When I talk to other people, it's like, ooh. But you have blind spots. Obviously, we all do. But maybe someone else that follows God can help you see something that you can't see. Do you even believe that you have blind spots? I definitely have blind spots. I found out this week I had another blind spot. Every week I seem to find out new blind spots. And I had a friend, a good longtime friend, and, um, and I... I just haven't been really good at being a friend to her. And she reached out to me. And over the course of the last few months, I got really lazy in how I communicated and treating her. And and guys don't tend to be as perceptive as women. No shade to guy. I'm a guy, so I, I hope that's not offensive. Sorry. Some of you guys are. A lot of you guys aren't, including me. So I thought my problem was communication. I'm like, oh, I'm just not communicating well. So I apologize, ready to move on. We're good, right? But I remember after the talk, she called me back. And I'll never forget her words on the call. This happened like three days ago, she said. After we talked, and they're like, oh, we're good. We prayed out. We're done. She's like, ah, oh, there's something else. I just I need to tell you something. I'm like, oh, here we go. What did I do now? You know, in my head, I didn't actually roll my eyes because that's not considerate. I said, Kenny, there's something else that I feel that I forgot to say. I'm like, yes, I know this. Let's go. In my head, in my head. He says, I don't think your problem is a lack of communication. I think your problem is a lack of empathy. And I was like, ooh. You are, I think I said, I think you're probably right. <laughs> I wasn't willing to give up my pride in that moment, right? It took me a little bit of time to say, you know, you're actually completely right. A lot of the issues in my relationship with people and with God is this lack of empathy. Lack of willing to go down and sit and be where they're at, understand where they're coming from. It's the focus on their pain. 
and focus on their context. And I think I learned in that moment, that's something I have to work on. What about you? What about you? Is this even something you think about? Are these the conversations you have with yourself, with your family, with your friends? If you truly believe that you are blind to areas in your heart, your mind, your soul, and your life, then perhaps you should just tell Jesus, Lord, I want to see. I want to see. So you guys ready for to come in for a landing here? Let's close this out, and then we'll, we'll have our communion discussion. Luke 18, verse 40 to 43 says this. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see. He replied. Jesus said, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God when all the people saw it. They also praised God. Amen, right? Honestly, I read this passage and I thought, do I really need to say anything? I can just read it. It's so convicting. And I think I love that Jesus asked this blind man what he wanted. You didn't think Jesus knew what he wanted? You're blind. You want to see. It's obvious, right? But Jesus does this thing where he always gives us a choice. He always gives us an option. And he's looking to see, does this guy really believe in me? Does he have that faith in me? And the blind man had so much faith in Jesus. He not only took the healing, but he chose to follow him afterwards, right? And that led others around them to follow him. And you, and you look at this story and you think, wow, that is transformation. When you can connect with Jesus so much that it's not just I want something from you, but I want to be with you. And the heart of Jesus isn't just to heal us from our pain and suffering and say, have a good day. It's so that we can connect to him intimately. So we can love and know the creator of the universe. That is the heart of Jesus. So don't get it twisted. I truly believe that if we place our faith in him, this is what happens. We choose to follow him. Others will see that transformation and they'll praise God because of our testimony. Jesus was sacrificed on the cross so that we could see God, connect with him, love him more than we love anything else in this world. And I know there are lots of distractions. Trust me. I can talk about those all day. But Jesus was focused, and he chose to die a terrible death because he believed in so much in helping you. Even those of you who don't believe him, even those of you who don't care about him, he's trying to, so focused on helping you see God, that it was worth his life. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take time and discuss this with people near you. And I have, a, I have a question I want to pose here. And obviously, if you're visiting for the first time and Christianity is not really your thing, I'm going to ask you just to bear with us here, okay? I know. We're like, I come to sermon, I watch it, and I leave. I don't have to talk anyway. But so we're going to make you a little talk a little bit. But if you don't want to talk, that's fine. Just listen. Listen to the people in your group. 
Let's do groups of three or four. I want to I want to pose this question as we prepare our hearts for communion. What could your life look like if you were completely focused on Jesus? Just imagine it. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying it has to. I'm just saying just think about what it could look like if you were completely focused on him. And two, does his sacrifice on the cross help you focus on God? Does it? And some of you may not, and that's fine. Let's figure out why. Why maybe it's difficult. For some of you, it definitely does. So help us understand why it does. So we'll take about six or seven minutes or so, and then we'll come back and we'll pray for communion. All right? Okay. Let's do it.
Okay, we're going to bring it back. So, before we pray for communion, um, I want to remind you all, you can definitely continue having these conversations. So, please don't stop here. Please don't stop at service. This is just a conversation starter um, as we connect for communion. But I want to read this quote that's helped me this past week connect to the cross, and then I'll pray for communion after that. So it reads, religious activity is like paying taxes. You give up what you must, and then you try to forget about your loss so that you can enjoy what is left. The holy God of scripture will not be managed by religion. He demands everything from us. He will not be satisfied with an occasional sacrifice or prayer. He will not give in to our request for holy indifference, for some space to be ourselves, for a little spot of ground to be called mine. He will not leave us alone. He will give us no space and no time to experiment with corruption, slavery, injustice, sin, falsehood, and death. He loves us, and therefore, he will not be satisfied with anything but our total, free, receiving, and returning love. God is holy. God is love. God is holy love. Those are terrible and wonderful words. Let's bow our heads and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, So grateful we get to be here together as we talk about insight, Lord, and the idea of focusing so much on you that it changes us like you changed the blind man's life. And I pray that as we we take the bread, which represents your body, and we take the juice, which represents your blood, we can do this in remembrance of how you want everything from us. And We've given everything to you if we call ourselves disciples. Please help us remember that. And I pray for those here who maybe have not made that commitment yet. They can explore it. They can ask questions. What does it look like to be completely focused on you? Thank you for sending your son to sacrifice himself for us, Lord. We love you, and we pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.